We are looking at essential spiritual disciplines. We're finishing up. I said that there were four that you needed all the days of your life and that each is uh, an imperative. And so we've looked at Bible intake uh, extensively. We've looked at prayer extensively. We started looking last week at what I call uh, the spiritual discipline of church and body life. And we've looked and seen how that is that is commanded in Scripture. And um, we looked at those points on the first page that Christ is building his church. God's plan for this age is the church, and so we center our lives around the church, that the church, in fact, is eternal, and that Christ builds it, as in your handout, Matthew 16, 18 says. Uh, we looked at the fact that we should gather together whenever the church gathers together. And we gather. When we gather, we have the ministry of presence and how important that is. Uh, we don't come just to um, look at a show or some kind of an entertainment. We come as participants worshiping and speaking the truth one to another. And we, we, we grow and we give. And it's this gathering that is, is life and um, it's what God intends for his, his people. And so we gave you a few verses there, but look, if you would, at the handout at Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, where it says, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see, the day drawing near, the day of Christ drawing near. You see that. As we see that around, all the more we need the church. We need one another. And when we come, we each have a ministry, one with another in the body. That's what we're going to look at more fully this morning. We talked about the essential nature of elders and pastors. And the fact of the matter is, is that they're actually called a gift that is given to the church. And we went over that fairly extensively, and I encourage you to pursue building a relationship with at least one of them. There's seven or eight hundred um, members, and there's five elders, and yes, we have other people that help us shepherd, but you should try to at least pick out one elder and build some kind of a relationship with him, so when you need that elder, you have, already have a relationship with him. And while I certainly have a responsibility to pursue you, and as God gives me grace, I do that, but there is a limit to the number of people I can pursue, so it's so helpful when you pursue me. Does that make sense? And uh, I want to build a relationship with you. And, um, and so um, that's one of those things that works together and can be... Um, uh, a beautiful thing. We talked about how you can gain the blessing of counsel before making life-impacting decisions. And yet at the same time, I hope I was very clear that the only authority I have is this book. Okay, You don't come to me to get permission to, to buy a suit of clothes or to ask me what color car you should buy or even should you buy a car or should you move or should you this or should you that. But you would be wise to come to an elder when you're going to make a life-impacting decision and let us share with you spiritual principles that you could apply in that decision. 
make sure that um, you're thinking biblically. And so we, we covered all that last week, and we're now on the second page or the, the back page. And this is a little bit... Um, this is prescriptive, but what I'm going to share with you is what I have found to be helpful for me and helpful in discipling people through the years. How do I fit in the church? How do I connect in the church? I'll hear people all the time say, I, I don't know how to connect. I, I don't know where to minister. I don't feel like I belong. Well, how do you know? Um, and, and if you listen to these principles, they'll help you in life because some people struggle with the same thing what should I do for a career? Where should I work? What should I do? These principles are very helpful in all of that because as we studied Psalm 139, you saw very clearly that God, before the foundation of the earth, numbered your days and all of the way that he fashioned you in the womb was wonderful and it was designed by him. And all of us here know that every single snowflake is designed differently, amen? And we're all designed differently. There's a commonality, but there's a difference, and that difference is by his design, and it's intentional. And so how does that difference, how does he add to that difference? How has he added to that difference, and what do we do with that difference? And I hope to show you that this morning. So... Begin, I'd like you to open to Romans chapter 12. I could take you to 1 Corinthians 12, but it's a more complicated passage. And Pastor Farrell is going to, no doubt, when he gets to the spiritual gift area, um, while that will be a long time, um, he'll, he'll hit that thoroughly. So my intent here isn't to teach in depth on spiritual gifts but it's to give you an overview and for you to see beyond any shadow of a doubt that every single one of you that are in Christ, upon the moment of your conversion, when you were regenerated by the Spirit of the living God, he gave you at least one spiritual gift. And he gave that to you for a purpose, and you have a stewardship over that gift or gifts. So, Romans 12, look at verse 6. So what he's talking about here, spiritual gifts. Gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. See, it's, it's, a, it's a gift of grace that's been given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Pull the word out, exercise. If you want, use it. Where each of us are to use this gift that was given by grace to each one of us. You see that? According, uh, exercise, I lost my little place there. Each one to exercise them accordingly. Okay. And then he goes on and he starts giving a list. This isn't intended to be a complete list. This list is longer and different in um, 1 Corinthians 12. The, the point isn't right here, each gift. The point is, you're given a gift. Everybody's been given a gift. I'm going to show you that even clearer in a minute. And that we're to use the gift. So he says here, if prophecy according to the portion of faith. 
if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Here's the point. What's the point of the passage? Simply this. God gifts by his grace every single person with a spiritual gift and he is to use it and he's to exercise it in faith um, for the glory of God. And he's, he's to use that for the building up of the body, which is very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but concise and also clear in this next passage I want you to turn to, which is 1 Peter chapter 4. So Paul talks about it in the Corinthian church because they were misusing the gifts. Remember when we studied 1 Corinthians 13? Why is 1 Corinthians 13 in there? Because their whole motivation for all the spiritual gifts was not love. It was for their own boastful um, lifting up of self. It wasn't for the motivation and the building of the body and the glory of God. And so he takes in chapter 12, actually goes all the way back in chapter 11 in 1 Corinthians, and they're making a mockery of the Lord's Supper. He straightens out how to do the Lord's Supper, and in the same way, they're making a mockery of the use of spiritual gifts, and he straightens all that out, and then he lands here in 12 and says, seek the greater gift, which is love. And we just left Romans 12, and you see the very next thing after the gift, he says, let love be without hypocrisy because the motivation is always the love of God for using our gifts in the body. When I look here at 1 Peter, look at verse 7, just to give you some context. This whole passage is talking about fervent love. The end of all things is near, therefore be of sound judgment, sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, Keep fervent in your love, one for another. Love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable one to another without complaint. And now look, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts again. Each one has received a special gift, a spiritual gift. They've received it. God's given it to them. Each one. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do it as one who's speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. One thing that should jump out of there is that there are basically speaking gifts and serving gifts. And However you use those gifts, if you're, when you're speaking, whether you have the gift or you're speaking at all, we should speak this, the way God speaks. How do I know if I'm speaking, I'm speaking the way God speaks? Because I speak this book. I speak consistent with this word. It's not my opinion, it's what does God say. So I want to continually align my word. That's why in Ephesians, in chapter 4, it says, speaking the truth to love. What is that? truth and love. That's this. It's it's speaking as though God were speaking because I'm sharing with somebody 
you shouldn't marry that person because the Bible says do not be unequally yoked and that person is not married. Now, that's, I'm sorry, not a believer. Yes. And my hearing thing just fell out. Did you see that? That's what happens when you get too passionate. So, um, but that's what it means when it's saying speak as the utterances of God. It's, it, it doesn't mean that you, you see these nuts on TV, I just got a word from the Lord, and then they start telling you what God told them. You hear that, run as fast as you can, as far as you can. Because God has spoken for one time, all time, in this book. And when somebody starts telling you they've got a private conversation going on with God, and God told them this, that, and the other thing, no. That's, that's not the point of my message. I'm going to get off here. I'm going to get preaching in a minute if I'm not, if I'm not careful. But we, we utter to one another the exhortations and the encouragement from the scriptures, and we serve one another the same way. Whoever serves is serving by the strength which God supplies. I don't get lifted up because I'm good at fill in the blank. I'm good at fill in the blank. The only reason you're good at it is because God gives you the grace to do it. And, and the multitude of gifts is just amazing. Let me go back to the top, verse 10. Each one has received a special gift. Employ it serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Wordsmiths who dig into the Greek text, and I'm not. I have to go from commentary to commentary. But they say a good picture of this is a kaleidoscope. Uh, do, do you know how, you ever had one of those with a kid, a kaleidoscope? You put the kaleidoscope up, you hold it to the light, and you turn it, and you see all those multiple colors. That's what God does with a gift. God gives you a gift or gifts, and it's the manifold grace of God. It's got a particular beautiful color that's unique to you. So God could give Barb and Larry the same gifts, but it would look completely different and how he would use it would be completely different because of the manifold colored grace of God, the, the body with which he created with Barb and the one that he created for me is completely different and it's completely unique and everything about it is different and it would be the same gift given by the same spirit for the same purpose. Look down here, purpose. Whoever speaking the utterances of God, whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. We are the church. Who's the head? Jesus Christ. We, we serve and we speak. We serve and we speak with the spiritual gifts to edify or to build up the body, but we all do it differently. So, with that foundation, you should figure out how you're shaped. How did God shape you for ministry? I just love that analogy. He's shaped, that doesn't mean I only do what I'm shaped for, but listen, Tim has never asked me to go over there and to hang drywall. And when he talked to me about his need for painters, he didn't ask me to paint. 
But Tim, through his life, has asked me many times to do many things. But he knows the, the person, Larry Brody, that God designs. And Larry Brody has a lot of weaknesses. So do you. And he has a lot of strengths. So do you. And I can take no credit for any of it. It's, it's all of God, and it's all for God. But it would be ludicrous to not even being a good steward. We're to be stewards of the manifold grace of God. So we take what God has done and who God has created, and we say, God, how do you want to use that for your glory? And I'm not absent to all the things he's done. Does that make sense? So just think about that. If someone's going to minister to this body for music, would we choose Gloria Swanson or Larry Brody? That's an easy choice, right? But why, who did that? Is, is, Gloria didn't do that. God did it in her and through her, through all of her life experiences, through all of her passions, everything that made her, brought her to the point where you, you wake up thinking about music, you go to sleep thinking about music, and you do it by his grace for the glory of God. Right? That's a gift. Do you understand? It's a gift to the body. And she would be wrong not to use it. And we could go on and on and on. You all have you all have a gift. You all have a place. You all have a way. Everyone. That gives you purpose. I'm looking over there at Miss Lori Wood. I didn't know Lori Wood any longer than a year. And I knew one of her purposes in life. I've never seen anybody that could motivate people and get the best out of them, particularly in the area of music or performance, than Lori. And, and that, that's a gift. It's a gift for her. It would be wrong for her not to do it. And Lori, even though it's exhausting, when you do it, you're also energized, aren't you? And see, when we, when we operate in our gifts, we're energized, even though it's hard work. And you know what? That's the same with me. When I'm using my speaking gift, it's hard work, but I'm energized. Now, that doesn't mean I don't do something else. I could help Tim paint. And when I got through, he'd be sorry and I'd be exhausted. <laughs> but, I, but I still would have done and used myself for the glory of God. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling me you only do what you're gifted for. I'm just saying you are gifted for service and you should be using it. So this acronym, I believe, is helpful. And so just look at it. I got spiritual gifts at the top because it's, it's given to you. Every one of you have one or several spiritual gifts and you should explore what they might be by the passions and the burdens and the abilities that God gives you that when you look at it, you think that's supernatural. But there's more than that. I, when I think of who I am in Christ... Think of it, you all have a heartbeat, you all have a passion, and it's different. Your passion is different than my passion. And, and, and that, that's something that you're passionate about in kingdom ministry. And, and when you gather together, what you're passionate about helps motivate other people. And we're all passionate about different things. Some people are passionate about politics and, and, and taking and getting godly people in service. Some people are passionate about our shut-ins, Others are, are passionate about widows or widowers. Some are passionate about counseling, music, every kind of gift that you can think of. And God has given us all one. 
and he wants us to use it for the glory of God. Does that make sense? Can you see that? And so you think about what is this thing that drives me that I don't even know why it drives me. It just does. And then we all have abilities. Like I just said, I'm talking about natural abilities now. And those abilities sometimes are because that's the way God wired us, but sometimes it's just because he allowed through the progression of my life or your life learned experiences, learned abilities. So I really don't think I have the gift of administration. People say, I mean, you get the gift of administration. I say, no, I don't. No. I'm a trained administrator. I have learned how to do that in the world. I was trained how to administer. And it exhausts me. But my gift is exhortation. And, and there's no question that, that I teach and I exhort. And those gifts have been given to me by God. But how to administrate, how to plan, I know how to do that. And I need know how to do it quite well because of 50 years of experience, 50 years of training. And so we all have those things that we've been trained to do that are also abilities that is then motivated by that spiritual gift. We all have a different frame it's in. I got personality there. If you don't like that word because you're averse to those kind of words, then pull that out and put proclivity. Okay? I mean, we do have one. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. Some of us like things in a, an exact order, a box, a line. Some of us just like to play hand grenades. Within five miles is close enough, right? I, I, I mean, we're, we're all different, but that's, that's all part of who we are and how we would think about ministry and life and how would God use us. I, I mean, you don't want somebody that wants to play hand grenades being your accountant, right? I mean, you want your accountant to be somebody that everything has to be exactly perfect in that box. And it's the same in, in, in God's church. We think about how have we been wired, how have we been made, and what is God doing through that whole process, and then experiences. God never wastes an experience, ever. Every experience is redemptive. Every experience is redemptive, and especially painful experiences. That's exactly what 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says. And so whatever the pain is that you have gone through, God wants to use that experience along with your spiritual gift and all of these other things that we're talking about to minister to the body with the same grace by which you have received. And, and all of that happens in the context of the church. And as the church operates as it's supposed to, the world looks in and says, I don't know what's going on in there, but I'm going to find out because of the way they love one another, the way they serve one another, the way they, the way they care for one another. And so the essential nature of being deeply sunk into and connected, centering your life around the church of the living God is an essential for life and all the days of your life. We'll look at the fourth one next week and the following week, and then we'll conclude our our summer series, God bless you, you are dismissed.